Goliath's Revenge. Yes. How established companies turn the tables on digital innovators. Mm -hmm. And this book is by Todd Hewlin and Scott Andrew Snyder, written in 2019. Mm -hmm. So the authors Hewlin and Snyder are both um, leaders in the fields of strategy, technology, and innovation. Mm -hmm. And they advise some of the world's biggest companies on how to grow in this new digital age. So uh, we're all familiar with the story of David and Goliath. I think yes. we've mm -hmm. actually talked about it in different iterations over the course of sitting on this table. Yeah. But we're also familiar with the story of how fallen corporate, corporate giants mm. um, were slayed by very small-looking, timid startups. Yes. So we know the story of how Nokia lost to Apple, yes. how traditional taxis lost to Uber, yes. the hotel industry is losing to Airbnb, yes. Blockbuster lost to Netflix, yes. and Kodak lost to the digital um, camera innovations. Right. And so the question is, what undermined their ability to respond to the fast-changing context of their industries? Mm. And some see it as poor strategy, Mm. arrogance that they were so secure of their position yeah. and a lack of flexibility and too much certainty in their legacy mm. and so we all know how th these stories ended right so Goliath didn't see the change coming yeah. and ever since then they um, these big companies have been playing catch-up to the Davids of today oh, yeah. so this book however takes a fresh look on the situation yeah. where these um, issues are now better understood. How how Goliath lost to David, we better understand how this happened. And it suggests that there's an alternative script mm -hmm. where these incumbents, these Goliaths, um, their strengths can be combined with the new startup strategies mm -hmm. to allow established companies to reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. And so he says that there, right now we have established companies taking bold steps yes. to shift from being disrupted mm -hmm. to becoming disruptors. I think that was my favorite mm -hmm. sentence in the book. How mm -hmm. to shift from being disrupted to becoming <laughs> a disruptor yourself. Yeah. And in this book, he delivers an insider's view on how industry um, leaders mm -hmm. like General Motors, NASA, the yes. Weather Channel, yeah. MasterCard, Procter & Gamble, and so many more yes. are accelerating innovation, building new skills, and finding new ways to mm -hmm. become disruptors. Yes. And I would say the biggest lesson that I took away from this book yeah. Yeah. is the premise that older companies have the advantage of incumbency. Yeah. And yes. I think we talk about Absolutely. this all the time. I think I, we talk about it in, it in government, in presidency. Yes. Yeah. Government always has the advantage. advantage yes. And in this case with business, yes. they have the resources, they have the customer base, they Absolutely. have the historical memory Everything. that startups would kill to have. Yes. And so in this book, he's telling them how they can use their incumbent advantage yes. in order to become disruptors. Mm. Yeah. I love it. It's mm. all about fast mover advantage. Yeah. Mm. And he gives the example of General Motors. Yes. GM. So in 1996, they developed a car called the EV1, mm. right? And this was a fast world uh, modern electric car. Right, and uh, it was actually founded seven years before Tesla was founded, mm. and 16 years before Model S was actually founded by Tesla. Yeah. Mm. Now, EV1 was not that successful, it was actually a flop, but they did not stop there. It actually inspired a car, uh, a gas and electric car, let's call it the Chevy Volt, yeah. and they created this in 2010. Secondly, in 2016, they created, as an inspiration from EV1, a car called the Chevy Volt, but this one was fully electric. Mm. Now, this was in 2016. This car did so well, it performed so well, that in 2017, it won Car of the Year. But GM did not just stop there. Yeah. They actually went and ventured into that which they did not know, and that was in self-driving cars. So they bought a company known as Cruise Automation, all right? Mm. And they actually spent a billion dollars here. Now, Cruise Automation had 40 employees, each employee was valued 
at 25 million US dollars, mm -hmm. right? Wow. Now, GM then valued each of its employees at 300,000 US dollars, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Now, they also did not stop there. Mm -hmm. They went mm -hmm. and they put in 500 million USD mm -hmm. into a company that we all know is called Lyft. Mm -hmm. And this was a oh, it's like, it's like Uber. It's the like Uber. Taxi, so yeah. It's a taxi, so, mm -hmm. but you can actually share a ride in one place. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Right? Now, at the time, which they, at the time they bought Lyft, Lyft was actually valued at 5.5 billion USD. Mm -hmm. Now, Google comes in and they invest about a billion USD, and the value of Lyft goes up to about $11 billion. Wow. GM, in essence, made twice as much in under two years, mm. yeah. right, in profits. Now, GM is actually valued at about, right now, about $140 billion. Mm. Their stock price from 2016 has shot up about 50%, mm -hmm. just because of uh, how they have uh, grown. But there are three things here, and they say GM's Goliath revenge is based on three factors, mm -hmm. and I want to name them. The first is using institutional memory, institutional knowledge of what they've always known. Yeah. Now, GM was first to create, and that's why I said first mover, first mover advantage, to create the first electric car. Mm -hmm. yeah. Second, GM invested heavily in the future of self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. This was not an area they had known, yeah. so they placed their bets. Yep. But also, because the first two categories are of uh, people who own cars, the, the third category is that they made bold bets on people who did not own cars, mm -hmm. and now that is Lyft. Yeah. Yeah. Now Lyft, the people share cars and it works like Uber, mm -hmm. but what they're actually doing is they're going across the spectrum, owners and non-owners. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as it is a car and they can see they the want future, to be there. and all platforms, technological yeah. platforms, they have invested across the board. And I think mm. in this case, um, GM is considered a Goliath yes. because it's one of the oldest car-making companies mm, in the US, I think in the world in general. Precisely. However, they yes. had nearly gone bust yes. and they had to be bailed out by the US government. Absolutely. And yeah. I think a lot of the decisions that they made, you know, transforming what you're calling the spectrum, yes. is because they saw yeah. the Ubers of the world, the yes. Lyfts of the world, uh, Teslas, you yes. know, kind of moving into this new digital innovation yeah. era. And they yes. said, how can we inch our way into that so we don't get left behind? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Speaking of digital, the digital era that we're living in, yeah. um, also in this book, the authors address what they call the pre-digital age <coughs> and the post-digital uh, age, yes. which we're currently living in. Right. And um, and what he does, in fact, uh, at this point, if we could just get the graph up yeah. Right, yeah. To, yeah. To, to show this comparison. Mm -hmm. So uh, on, the, on the one side, you've mm -hmm. got the ordinary bell curve, mm -hmm. yes. where being average mm -hmm. as a company or even as, a, uh, as an individual in a company yes. was okay. You, know, yes. you could get by yes. throughout your career. Mediocrity. Yes. You, precisely, just being <laughs> average, just yeah. you know, doing the yeah. bare minimum. Yeah. And even as a company, yeah. you could, you know, you, 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 you really could just be average and, yes. and and still make good profit margins and all that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. But we're now living in a post-digital age, a, an age of a lot of um, kind of revolution in yes. how business is being conducted, Absolutely. how technology is being onboarded. Innovations. And the challenge here now yeah. is, is in, and what he's telling us is you can't afford to be average any longer. And yes. that's shown on this graph, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, you, you can't. So that's that's the, the dip right in between. Yes. So you've got the digital have-nots and yes. the digital have Yes. And so the companies which attempt to um, stick to the to, to the status quo and the way that they've been doing things, yes. those companies are not likely to succeed, yeah. and they will uh, definitely be you yes. know uh, you know uh, left behind. Left yeah, behind. Left, left behind yes. by these digital haves who are coming up and revolutionizing yeah. the space. <clears throat> and so one um, area in which uh, he challenges companies to keep. Mm 
innovating in is, yes. is data. Yes. Uh, and he says yeah. uh, the companies should seize algorithmic advantage. Yes. And by that he means the ability of the company to capture, manage, analyze, and systematize the most data from customers and clients. Absolutely. And you know, basically, once you've captured that data, then mm. also um, find a way to make it valuable yeah. for clients, yes. for customers, to serve your customers better. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's an interesting story here of yeah. Google and yeah. why Google succeeded. Mm. Um, and, and he says, and this is an excerpt from the book, yeah. Google was not the first search engine, yes. but it was the first one with two world-beating algorithms. Yes. And by the way, you might think an algorithm is a complicated thing, yes. but an algorithm is simply a set of instructions to resolve a well-defined mm -hmm. problem. Yes. Like so a recipe. A recipe, for example, to bake a banana cake is yes. a recipe. Yes. It's, 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 it's an algorithm, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, because, you you know, you so your problem there is the cake and, the and then the ingredients yeah. are the steps that you will take yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to, to make that cake. To, to make that cake. Mm -hmm. and it's that simple. Yeah. So, um, this was the key to Google's success at the mm. very beginning. Yeah. First, they had PageRank, which yes. organized the world's information in a unique way. Yes. It counted how many other websites linked to a given website. Mm -hmm. And the more likes uh, there were, the more valuable uh, page that PageRank thought the website might be, yes. and the higher it featured in search, in search results. Yeah. So Google's search results yeah. were simply better than those of people like Yahoo, mm. InfoSeek, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yes. Um, and second, AdWords. Yes. If you recall, this was an innovation uh, as well from Google. Mm -hmm. It contained an algorithm that effectively auctioned attention online to the highest bidder. Yes. <laughs> the price of your paid link showing up on the right-hand side of the search window was set dynamically based on supply and demand. Mm. Yes. So that's, if you own a company, mm. uh, that's one way that you can you know, uh, remain on top yeah. uh, and keep, you know, actually take down the Goliaths of this world uh, by I, I, seizing algorithmic advantage. Yeah. Beautiful. Data. Beautiful. You know, there's a lesson for our uh, our banks here because, and in fact, they should read this book. You see, no, not Kenyan banks, foreign banks. You see, uh, before the 90s, early 2000s, mm. the biggest banks in this country were foreign owned. They all had headquarters in London yeah. or, or whatever. They were all foreign owned. But then there was an innovation that, uh, and actually across the region, if you go to Kinshasa, if you go to Tanzania, they actually went and asked the people who are not banked then whether they needed bank accounts. Mm. And before you actually needed a minimum balance to open a bank account, yeah. now they say as, as little as 1,000 bob or 2,000 bob, you can actually, actually open a bank account. Mm. Now, what actually happened was systematically, the lower banks, the Kenyan banks that were down the bottom of the pyramid, yeah. they're coming up because they went and were able to fish and collect mm -hmm. such a huge basket the of mm. the masses. Now you have your equities, you have your KCB, you have your cooperatives, mm -hmm. totally outshining the Barclays, Standard Chartered and Citibank. Now the guys who had first move advantage were the backlists and the standard charters yeah. and you know yeah. uh, they get the point. Sleeping through the, the revolution. Revenge, that's yes. 